This week, Deja Vu, did I do a voiceover for the Dave Chappelle show? Then I'll feature number five through number three of the top places to visit in Hamilton, which are haunted. It's going to be a shorter show this week. I have something with my throat. It's uh, bothering me a little bit. So since I have to lead, I'm going out to Niagara on the lake tonight to lead a tour. I don't want to um, strain my voice in any way and, and not be able to lead it. So unfortunately, you guys get the short end of that stick. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe one day if I'm making loads and loads of cash off of advertising on this podcast, I'll, I'll, uh, the, the power will shift in your advantage. But for now, it's the tours. I, I love the tours. What can I say? I love you guys. I love you guys too. But I love that. Okay, I'm just digging a hole here. So what I said at the beginning probably sounds a little bit strange, but I actually got a email from a friend, Bontha, and he was like, did you ever do a voiceover for the Dave Chappelle show? And after being confused a little for a little bit, I clicked on the link that he sent and I'm, I'm freaked out. I'll, I'll just say it. I am freaked the heck out right now because I don't know, because originally I would have said no. I didn't, but then I listened to it and I'm like, wait, maybe I did. <laughs> did I have a time in my life when I was like cracked out or something and I I did something for the Dave Chappelle show and don't remember? I don't know because the voice on there sounds exactly like me. It is very creepy. So I'm going to I'm going to play it for you using the amazing technology that I have here. I'm going to splice it into the show. But first, I'll say what is about to be said. So it's at the beginning of one of Dave Chappelle's skits. And it's the character Tyrone Biggins, I believe his name is. I used to love that show. I just forget the names. And the, the person that's uh, introducing a segment, I guess it's kind of like a kid's show. They're, they're mocking. And he's like, this week, Tyrone visits a local elementary school. Okay, now I'm going to cut in from the actual show and it, tell me, does it sound like me? This week, Tyrone visits a local middle school to promote drug awareness. We Are you creeped out right now too? Seriously. I don't know. It's just, it's just me. It's just that I, I have a voice doppelganger out there. I, I didn't even know they existed until I... Until I heard that. So, yeah, uh, I guess I was part of the Dave Chappelle show. But uh, if anybody, I don't know if anybody has the ability. I, I tried looking into it. It's very random. But if you can find out who this fellow is, because I'd like to see maybe he looks like me. Maybe he lives the same life I do. It could be one of my neighbors. I don't know. Has has a wife with the same name as Maybe he's living like a, a oh it's the multiverse everyone this is this is what uh, Marvel movies have been uh, warning us of the multiverse has come in this is my my evil Doctor Strange this is evil Ghost Guy Daniel out there doing Dave Chappelle shows so I I'm blown away I'm blown away but I have a voice twin and I'm very happy hopefully one day I'll I'll meet this fella. So originally I had a, another segment, a third segment for the show that was uh, spliced into here. It's a Ouija board story. 
And it's about time that I've told this story because it is basically the reason why I respect this tool so much. The reason why I ignore all the warnings around the Ouija. I've used it at events over the years. I've used it in investigations. I believe it to be the greatest communication tool ever devised by man, to say very lightly. And uh, because of my, my, uh, my throat, whatever's going on there, uh, I'm going to put it into next week. So that's a teaser. Next week, I will be doing a Ouija board story for you. But this week, I cannot let you guys down. I have that uh, top 10 list. These are the top 10 most haunted places to visit in the city of Hamilton. And it's about time I wrote this. I kind of geared it up at the the original segment that started from number 10. But I need to mention that I, I, I should have written this a long time ago. There used to be an article site on the website at ghostwalks.com. But then it kind of fell off because it was before WordPress was invented, which made doing a blog on a website super easy. And I didn't like the format of it. I didn't like... Um, you know, the, the, the type of information that was being shared. It was just, it was opening up too many issues. So I cut the article site, I took it away. And because the site is now done through WordPress, I can start bringing that back because it's really easy to post articles. You can have uh, an ongoing blog. It's just a copy and paste and you throw in your, your, uh, your, your images and your videos and such. So I'm absolutely loving it now. I'm going to be writing more articles as we move forward. We also have our guest writer, Jane Sandalwood, who uh, she hasn't written one in a while, but she does good work. So the most recent one I wrote was the top 10 most haunted places in Hamilton. I also did a Niagara one, which is on the website. If you guys are interested, I'll feature in a future podcast series. So I've already gone through number 10 through number five minusing off the bit of an issue with uh, whether I was going to feature the Haida or if I was going to go down the road of the Hermitage and then I talked myself into it <laughs> in the previous episode. I was like, Daniel, you can switch this up. It's okay. Oh, thanks, Daniel. I appreciate the the uh, permission. Wait, you're not the boss of me, Daniel. Imagine it went that way. You're not the boss of me. And then I just didn't do it. I listened to myself. So I switched it up, hence why the numbering is a bit strange, but this week I'm going to feature number five through number three of the top 10 list. And it starts with one of my favorite places to lead a ghost tour, the Hermitage Ruins. Now I'm telling you, I originally hesitated on adding this to the list mostly because of the fact that you could do an entire article just on it. I mean, obviously, if we're doing tours there, it has tons of stories. Amazing history of this place. And if you do go to the article, just go to ghostwalks.com, scroll about halfway down the main page, you'll see the new articles there. It's listed. But if you go on the article, um, you can see that I posted a historic photo of the house, and there's members of the Leith family, which includes a couple of dogs. And they're sitting in front of the house with the ivy growing on the walls. It's it's beautiful. Looks amazing. I'm so happy this photo exists. So I posted that because I wanted to show the grandeur that the house used to have. 
And considering, you know, Hermitage, Hermit, it's out in the middle of nowhere by itself. I mean, considering where it's located, to have a house like this is is quite rare, especially back in the days. Because if you built a house, if you were a type of person who could afford to build a house like this, chances are you would do it in the city. You'd have business in the city, so you want to be close to that. This was a little different, though, because the guy who built it, uh, uh, George Leith, he was uh, the second son of royalty from Scotland, and I guess he didn't. I guess he probably had tons of money on his own. He really didn't. I'm, I'm sure he had business contacts, businesses he was he was working with, but um, you know, overall, this he had money, so he didn't really have to struggle. And maybe he just wanted the seclusion. I don't know if I was the second son of royalty. I'd want seclusion. I mean, what's the... Um, uh, see, I don't follow the royal family much, but uh, the, all the controversy that's going on with uh, Meghan Markle. Is it Harry that's with Meghan? I don't I remember. But uh, yeah, that's... I mean, that's the second son. So I, I guess George Leith is probably the uh, Meghan Markle's husband. I'm sorry, hey, Harry... Uh, of 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 uh, that royal family, so it makes sense. So the hermitage is there. The hermitage is then gone. It turn it turns into ruins, and for generations, it was ruins since the early 1900s. And for generations, people have gone out to that area because it's so remote and so creepy. And being there at night is just freaky. Knowing the energy that surrounds the place. So they go out and they they try and take part in this. They try and have ghost experiences. In some cases, it happens. So it is a completely haunted place, even though it's in the middle of the forest. And this led to a legend. Now, legends are always to be taken with a grain of salt, including this one. Uh, Although I will tell you there was a suicide that was listed on the deed during one of the sales. So we know that somebody did do that there and this question whether it was William Black who was part of the legend or if it was the uh, tutor so Otto Ives who's featured in the legend as well uh, his wife Magdalene was a Greek woman had a tutor was to, uh, teaching her how to speak English and supposedly the, the tutor fell in love with her and when she said no I'm married I have no interest in you uh, they just said that he he hanged himself from a tree. So there you got the William Black legend, uh, which we feature on the Ghost Walks of the Hermitage. It's definitely on Google if you want to look it up. And then you have this one, but which is true, you know, we don't know, it, or if either of them are true and it was something else, we don't know. But we do know that the place is haunted, because that kind of history so secluded. I mean, it's just the beauty of a historic farmhouse. There's always energy around farmhouses because they're so secluded. The family is secluded inside there. The house almost becomes a literal member of the family. And because of that energy, kind of like the energy you get with dolls that are loved like they're real things, because of that, it gives it a different feel than a house when you're surrounded by buildings and other people. The house is more like just a place to stay. But in this case... It's almost like a thing. There's a pride behind that. So for that reason, you know, being able to go out to any farmhouse to do a ghost walk in the Hermitage Ruins is basically the ruins of an old farmhouse, a very old farmhouse, going back to the 1850s. So what is that, 170 years ago, give or take? 
So it definitely deserves to be on this list. It could even deserve to be higher. But again, I mean, when I was doing this list, I was amazed. When I did the Niagara list, it's much easier because there's not as much. There's a ton, but not as much. And just Hamilton just got this feel. One of the reasons why I like I'm born and raised Hamiltonian and I knew the ideas of the ghosts way right back when I was a kid. Years and years and years ago, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. That's that's when I knew about the ghost stories. The first one was about a dinosaur ghost. <laughs> yeah, why aren't there any dinosaur ghosts? I don't know. But yeah, no, the Hermitage could be higher up on the list. It is a personal fave of mine. And uh, the, the fact that I put it number five is kind of a travesty, but the ones above it are are quite a bit more haunted in my opinion. But uh, when I'm there at night doing the tour and, uh, you know, I, I let everybody kind of roam around and I'm standing there by myself, last tour of the night, that, that might happen, then I feel it. So I realize the Hermitage is probably saying to me, oh, do it, do, do, make me higher on the list. But anyway, uh, if anybody's interested, sorry, the next Hermitage Ghost Walk is on Saturday, July 23rd. If you're interested in coming out to that, just, just ghostwalks.com. You'll see the, the icon on there. Number four, the Tivoli Theater. Unless you're from the city of Hamilton, you might be saying to me, but Daniel, I've looked it up. What is the Tivoli Theater? I've never seen it before. I didn't even know there was a theater that existed called the Tivoli in, in downtown Hamilton. But it was there. It, and thankfully, when I first started that downtown tour way back in 2003, we actually had uh, a connection to the Tivoli because the original downtown tour started, sorry, it didn't start there, but it, it did veer down James Street to go to the Tivoli building. And we actually, we knew the guy who was the manager, uh, Lorne Lieberman, and he allowed us on one Halloween to come into the theater. So I'm so happy it was there. We got to go into the theater. We got to sit our people in the in the auditorium and our ghost guide, which was uh, James Pettit, he went up on the stage and told the stories from the stage. And it was spectacular. I mean, the way they lit it up. He even had some of the players that did the plays there. It was a live theater towards the end. Uh, dress up as like Grim Reaper characters and hold candles as people walk down the middle so uh, it's one of those experiences that you're like, okay, this is going to be the first of many. And I can't wait until next Halloween when they let us come in again. We can actually advertise that this is going to happen. And I think people will really enjoy it. And you're, you're just completely expecting that to happen. And then in 2004, one year later, it falls down. Yes, the building literally fell in on itself. Now, when I first saw what had happened, I heard about it. Um, I was involved with another group. We had uh, There was a shop on James Street South. So we heard about this. So we rushed down the street to James Street North. And it's 2004. And you look up, and it was like a, a almost like a letter P-shaped hole that has appeared in the top. Now, I didn't think anything of it because I looked at it, and I thought, like, this isn't that bad. I mean, the way the structure was damaged, it was the kind of like the connecting piece between the original carriage factory building at the front and the 2000 seat auditorium that was added in the 1920s at the back. 
that's what it looked like to me. So I thought, okay, they could probably just break out some more of that, put up some bricks, everything will be fine. And then supposedly city surveyors got involved. Now, I'm not 100% on this. This is the story that I've been told. But that city surveyors got involved, and when they came out, they rushed to judgment. So one person who was supposedly a supervisor rushed to judgment and said, okay, this looks dangerous, and it's probably going to fall down. So for that reason, we have to demolish the front of the building. And it sounds confusing, just me saying it to you right now, and I, I really don't know if it was needed, but they took down the 1800s piece. They took down a historic building that I think would have been a testament to Hamilton history if it was still around today. To have that original theater building, they could have converted it to anything. I mean, a, a cafe would have been nice. You have the auditorium back. I'm sure they could have used that as event space. I mean, there was other things that could have been done with it that we would have still have it today. But unfortunately, like it was a rush to judgment and they demolished the historic piece. And the weirdest thing is, they left the auditorium piece. So the Tivoli is technically still there. I actually put, if you go to the article, I put a, a screenshot from uh, Google Street View, and you can see where it is uh, behind the mini mall just near James North and Wilson Street. And behind the mini mall, there's this weird little park with a walkway. And then you have this odd structure, almost looks like an industrial building in the back. Looks like a garage door, but it's not. It's just the original piece that used to lead into the auditorium from the lobby. So the historic part was the lobby. It was the original vaudeville theater, but before it fell down, it was the lobby. So you can see what they've left. And at this point, that building's ready to fall down because the people who own it have done nothing with it. Last I heard, I mean, I, I saw physically the water damage. It was just falling apart even before they closed it up. They were actually allowing some uh, some fun hipster events inside there for a little bit. And I, I went to listen to some music and I was just disgusted by what I saw, like how much they let it fall apart. And there was talk about building condos on the land and then they would work the auditorium and the condos as an event space. And I was like, I was even excited for that, even though it, was, it meant I would never get to go in there again unless I meet somebody or I buy a condo in the building. But the fact that they were going to do it, and I mean, this would be the time. I mean, well, maybe not this moment. Real estate's gone down a bit. But this would be technically the overall time to do it. But nothing's happened. So that's unfortunate. But why is this place so haunted? Well, sorry, I got on my little rant there. But going back to the time that uh, Sam the Record Man bought the building, he converted it, had it converted into a live theater. So now you can get actors and actresses and stage manager and people for the show. They're inside the building late into the evening time. You also have a person who believes in ghosts as the manager, Lauren Lieberman. And then you hear stories of uh, there was a woman seen in there. And when she tried to talk, it was just silence that came out. So you see her desperately trying to talk, but nothing's coming out. And I'm not sure if I mentioned in the article, but one of the connections I think that has to do with is the fact that they used to play silent films in this theater and it is believed to be the place where the first talkie was done if you don't know what that was that's basically a silent film where the actors and actresses are behind the screen and they're talking along with the lines like live 
acting and act uh, acting and talking along with the lines as the movie's going on. So uh, maybe it's connected to that in some way. Silent movie woman scene. Another interesting story is a little boy that's been heard inside one of the vents. So the the as I mentioned, the auditorium's there. If you go to the front, I believe it's under the Caesar statue. There's two statues on either side of the front. Caesar would be on stage left. There's this massive vent, and the workers would hear a, a little boy talking from inside this vent. They thought it was some kind of weird sound carrying from a different part of the building, but there was no kids in the building. So the owner, uh, the manager, Lauren, he got fed up with this, said he actually pulled the the vent grate off and climbed into the dusty old vent. I hope he wore a mask because I can only imagine the kind of diseases that would still be in there. He climbed inside and he didn't find any little boy bones, of course, but he did find something that was interesting, uh, an old report card. Like, There's no reason for this to be in there. So it was a report card from a local school called Ryerson and it belonged to a young boy. So maybe there's some connection there. I mean, it seems kind of strange to find that in the vent where the boy's talking. Maybe he wanted the report card to be found. I don't know. And there's a, another wonderful story. It was a um, guard dog that was guarding the lobby in the building each night because the area, it's not the best today. It's definitely much better, but back then it was even worse. And he would guard there if anybody got too close to the building. This massive Rottweiler would just scare the living crap out of them, and they would run away. So that, that was his job. His name was Nobby. And one morning, Lauren comes in, and Nobby's missing. If it, my dog disappeared, I'd be very upset, but he's gone. So Lauren's freaking out. He's looking all over the building, and he hears the whimpering coming from the office. Now, keep in mind, he locks the office every night because he doesn't want Nobby going in there, uh, maybe, you know, chewing something up by mistake. I'm not sure Nobby would do that, but it's possible. So he locks the office from the outside so the dog can't get inside. I don't know, uh, unless uh, Nobby's one of those rare dogs that has lockpicking skills. I can't see him getting in there because Lauren comes in the next day and that once locked office is still locked but the dog's on the inside. So you explain that. So very energetic place. And just like I say in the article, and I fully believe this, if it was still in existence today, and with the connection we had with them, that this would probably be number one with a bullet on our list. Because it was just strangely ghostly. And I don't know, maybe it's because of its odd history. You tell me. The last one I'm going to feature this week is Century Manor. Now, this one is a doozy. And I'm going to tell you, I mean, you talk to anybody who's just slightly interested in paranormal and creepy stuff, and you ask them, oh, do you know about Century Manor? And if they have any connection to Hamilton at all, their, their answer to you is going to be 100% yes. I mean, they know about it, they've heard of it, they've gone to visit it, they've walked around it, they've taken pictures of it, they've taken video of it. Hopefully they haven't gone inside of it because um, they probably don't know that going inside is very dangerous. Be like, oh, it's just the man trying to stop me. Oh, that crazy man. 
but it's not. I mean, there is danger in this place. Like structurally inside, it is not sound. And uh, the other thing is that's pretty dangerous is it's filled with asbestos. That reason is you shouldn't really go inside of it. Like you're taking a real risk by doing so. So I highly, I'd say don't, 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 don't do it. Our hope is it will be saved. And there's been some talk about what they're going to turn it into. It's whatever they turn it into, I'm sure it'll have an opportunity for people to visit. My personal favorite is I'm always great, uh, big on any museums. They're great for tourism. And a museum on the uh, history of psychiatric practices would be amazing, would be wonderful. It, not only would it shine a light on how crazy we were back then, the origins of mental health is almost like, you know, people 100, 200 years from now are going to look at us and the origins of mental health, and they're basically going to liken it to how we see medieval torture, because that's basically what it was. I just can't believe, I can't even fathom that they thought this would actually help people with the uh, lobotomies and the electroshock treatments and like uh, whatever they did with bathtubs and showers. It was just, it was torture. So if you had like some kind of history on that, you know, you need to shine a light on that so this kind of crap never repeats itself. But it is difficult, unfortunately, because the place is so abandoned to get one, uh, to get some ghost stories from it. And because of that, we haven't really received much. Now, why is this so high on my list? Number three, it's because of the kind of legendary status of it. So when people think of creepy haunted places, when you tell them, the last piece of the Hamilton insane, uh, air quotes, insane asylum still exists. And then you tell them that the building that exists, Century Manor, was the one that housed the worst of the worst. We're talking the criminally insane, the violent offenders, the murderers. They would have been inside this building. You tell them that and then they go visit it in the dead of night. And it's this creepy shadowed building in behind the main road it's going to get a legendary status for that reason we've added it here now i've also heard recently you know people who've worked there have had ghostly experiences uh the security guards who guarded the place you know being there at night some of the security guards originally had access to the tunnels in the basement and one of them had an encounter with a couple of former nurses at least that's what he believed that worked in the the original hospital so when it comes down to the actual building itself, I'm kind of conflicted. And I know my friends who are into history would probably disagree with me on this. And I completely understand the disagreement because I kind of disagree with myself. But I always wondered if places of dark energy such as this, and I'm not talking like, you know, the stuff that I that's featured on the Dark History Tour you know, uh, obviously public executions, I'm kind of glad that's gone. They would, I don't think they would have kept the scaffold anyway. That makes no sense. But places where like uh, mafia and bootlegger stuff happened, I mean, you should keep that, especially Rocco Perry's old house. That should still exist. That'd, that'd be a great museum. But when you have a place like this that kind of goes into the mistreatment of mentally unsound people, if that's a term, I don't know. I'm conflicted. I would love to get in a conversation with somebody about this. If you guys want to 
comment on it, you can shoot me an email at ggdaniel at ghostwalks.com. But I don't know. I'm not 100% sure this building should be saved. And the main reason is because of that energy. Because I, I do believe fully that energy can seep into the structure itself. And for that reason, I don't know. I, th- I think as a residence, it would probably be a, a bad place to live. Probably wouldn't work out. But as a museum, I do totally agree. So if you, if it was to confirm that it was going to be turned into a museum, 100% on board. Because you need to show off like um, Auschwitz in Germany. It, terrible, terrible things happen there. And they open it up as a reminder so you can go there and you can see what happened firsthand. And, you know, that's a reminder of the atrocities that humanity can perform. And it is a push for us to be more loving. So for that reason, I'm completely on board. But, you know, if they're going to turn it into a Mohawk residence or a retirement home, then maybe I'm not so much on board. So we'll see. We'll see what happens down the road. But for now, um, Century Manor does still exist. And you can go visit it. I would not recommend going at night just for the fact that they are very sensitive about people walking around there at night for obvious reasons. So you might get in trouble with a security guard. But, um, you know, still go. You can go during the day. It is easier to see. Take some pictures. See if you can capture anything. Maybe we'll get some more stories about it. So, yeah, at the beginning of the show, I said this was going to be short. My throat actually feels pretty good towards the end. So I don't know. I lied to myself. I don't I, I even cut out a segment. So I can only imagine how long this show would have been if I still had the Ouija board segment in there. But next week, Ouija board story. I promise. But that's it, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you next week.